0: This is the Building Resilience Podcast, episode 66, all about concussions. Welcome to the Building Resilience Podcast, where you will learn all about building resilience in yourself and helping others build it too. Drawing from the principles of positive psychology, neuroscience, and coaching, I will help you face all the challenges and adversities that life throws at you and help you do more than just survive. I will help you thrive. I am your host, Leah Davidson, and I am a certified life coach and speech-language pathologist. I will help you manage your mind, your emotions, deal with your stress and your overwhelm, and lead a more purposeful and joyful life. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. How is everybody doing? We are heading into spring. Isn't it wonderful? I love, love, love spring. I think it's probably my favorite season. So I'm excited that it's here. And I'm excited to be talking to you today. Today, I have a special episode in the US. March is Brain Injury Awareness Month. And so I am excited to talk about something that's very close to my heart. We're going to talk all about concussions. As you likely know, I've mentioned it many times before, I'm a speech pathologist as well as a life coach. And I usually talk about life coaching kind of things on this podcast, although truth be told, I do a ton of coaching in my role as a speech path, which is why I got into life coaching in the first place to enhance my skills as I saw how much coaching was needed in the population that I serve. But I wanted to share with you some information about concussions because not only do I work with traumatic brain injury, which covers anything from a concussion to a more severe head injury, but concussions have also impacted my family. I have a couple of kids who have had multiple concussions and there seems to be some fogginess about concussions, about what they are, what they're not, what you should do with them, And recently two of my kids have had concussions and I've been surprised at some of the advice that they have received. So I wanted to provide a little bit of information here for my audience, for you guys to be aware of information about concussions. You may have had a concussion, you may have had a child who has had one, maybe you're a coach or a teacher, so you've certainly been exposed to students or kids on your team having them, or maybe it's just a grandchild or a neighbor. I just think that we need to start educating ourselves. Our brain is so important and we need to start taking better care of it. Now, that being said, I am clearly not a doctor, and this is not a podcast where I provide any medical advice, so please do not take it as such. I'm a speech path who has 23 years of experience working in the field of traumatic brain injury, but we actually don't diagnose things. We provide treatment when the injury affects the cognitive communication skills, and actually next week, I'm going to be having one of my colleagues on, and we're going to talk about the role of a speech-language pathologist in the world of concussions because that is also misunderstood. But before that episode, I just wanted to review some of the basics. So what prodded me to do this episode is that for one of my kids who had a recent concussion, he was able to just take it easy. He rested a bit. He got plenty of sleep. He didn't participate in contact sports for a bit. He eased back a little bit on his studying if the symptoms came on, and he got better shortly after. For him, it was really within a few days. Now, often concussions do resolve within seven to 10 days. Now, note, he did not stop everything completely. He didn't go into a dark room and do nothing for days on end, and that's what they used to prescribe. He did take it easy, but he did do activities as tolerated, meaning if he felt the symptoms come back on, he just backed off. And he tried to stay as engaged in his life as possible. And for many people, this is the case. You want to take it easy and things resolve and they gradually start introducing more and more activities. Now it's important for sports that people don't participate in any activities where they're at risk for another concussion before the concussion that they have now heals. So avoiding all those activities is important. And I will say you do need to get checked out and be observant for the first little bit in case it's something more serious. So you should get clearance before returning to any contact sport for sure. Now for my other child, things were not great. They were not getting better. I could see that my Tylenol bottle was getting lower and lower and lower. He was reporting more and more headaches. He was taking more naps. And he was experiencing nausea, dizziness, and this general fogginess, like I could just tell something was off. He had gone to his family doctor and they recommended rest and that he should be off school for a bit. So he did. It got a little bit better, but the symptoms still persisted. So eventually, I just got him an appointment with a concussion specialist, which you can find. And in this case, it was a Cairo. And we went to see him and he did a thorough assessment and is now treating him. And while I won't get into the specifics of the treatment, because again, I'm not the expert, I do want to say that treatment is multifaceted and it starts with exercise and diet. Refraining from all kinds of exercise is not helpful at all. So when they're going to be treating concussion, they're going to be looking at exercise. They're going to be looking at diet. Then they look at cervicogenic, what's going on with the neck, as it often gets impacted with concussion as well. They also take a look at vestibular and vision. And finally, there's a psychological component, which includes mindset. So those are the types of things that I work on with people with concussion. And of course, sometimes people have other symptoms if it goes on long enough, like trouble with school or attention and memory and word finding and communication. And that's where I get involved as an SLP. So treatment always involves those five things, exercise, diet, cervicogenic, vestibular vision, and psychological. Now, you really want to make sure that you do see someone who specializes in concussion and really specializes. So do your research. And then again, next week, we're going to talk a little bit more about the role of a speech pathologist and when a speech pathologist should get involved with a concussion. So I realized that as much as I did know about concussion, there was still a lot of things that I was unsure about when it came to my child. That's always the way it is, right? It's so much easier to be objective when you're looking at it from a distance. But when it's in the family, I tend to want to get other opinions and I tend to seek out more professional help. And there's a lot of myths and misinformation out there, including some things that professionals are recommending. So really having a little bit of education yourself is helpful so you know what to look out for. So I'm going to give you some things to get started on your concussion education. Firstly, we're going to talk about what is a concussion, and I'm going to share the definition from the CDC with you. A concussion is a type of traumatic brain injury, or a TBI as we call it, caused by a bump, a blow, or a jolt to the head, or by a hit to the body that causes the head and brain to move rapidly back and forth. So the sudden movement can cause the brain to bounce around or twist in the skull, creating chemical changes in the brain, and sometimes stretching and damaging brain cells. Now it's often called mild because in general, a concussion is not life-threatening. But a concussion can still be serious, especially if it's left untreated. It can really have a huge impact on someone's life as well. What are some of the signs and symptoms? Well, some people may complain of a headache or a pressure in their head. There may be nausea or vomiting. They may also have balance problems or dizziness or double or blurry vision. Often people are bothered by light or noise. They may feel sluggish or hazy or foggy or groggy. And they can have confusion or concentration or memory problems. And often people just describe not feeling right or just feeling down. Feeling weird is how my kids have described it. And I was in a car accident several years ago and had a mild concussion whiplash as well. And the main thing that I said was, I just didn't feel right. I felt off and I felt weird. Now, if you're a parent or a coach or a partner, you may observe certain things like the person can't recall events prior or after a hit or a fall. They may appear a little bit dazed or stunned. They maybe will forget an instruction, can be confused about an assignment or a position, or they're unsure of a game or a score or what's going on. They may seem a little bit more clumsy. They may answer questions really slowly. They could lose consciousness, even if it's just briefly, and they show mood behavior or personality changes. They could show these things. This is not that they have to have all these things. So these are just some things to look out for. The other thing to note is that signs and symptoms often show up as soon, like right away after the injury, but not always. You may not know how serious the injury is at first, and some symptoms may not show up for hours or even days. So you do want to keep checking for signs of concussion right after an injury and a few days after the injury. And again, I want to emphasize you do want to see a doctor just so that they can rule out anything that is more serious. Now, there are some more obvious danger signs, and these include when you see like one pupil is larger than the other, if there's a serious drowsiness or an inability to wake up, a headache that gets worse and worse and does not go away, if they start having slurred speech or a weakness or numbness or decreased coordination. Of course, if you see repeated vomiting or nausea or convulsions or seizures like a shaking or a twitching, that's an indication that there's something more serious unusual behavior, increased confusion, restlessness, or agitation. And of course, like a loss of consciousness, even a brief one should be taken seriously. So those are some things that you want to look out for. And again, you want to see the doctor so that they can rule out the more serious things. Now let's look at some of the common myths because there are some things going around and I even know that I question, oh, is this true? Is this not true? I can't remember. So I'm going to try to clear some things up. The first myth is that concussions are only caused by blows to the head. This is simply not true. Concussions happen in response to force. So often they can result from a blow to the head. They can also occur after there's been like a hit to the neck or the shoulders or really anywhere else on the body. Now, to cause a brain injury, the force of the impact only needs to cause the head to move rapidly back and forth. So think like whiplash from a car crash. Now, in sports, the cause could be an indirect blow somewhere else on the body that results in the head and the brain moving rapidly back and forth. This actually causes a temporary change in the brain's energy metabolism, which can result in concussion symptoms. So you want to look out for any big impact. Now, myth number two is that concussions always involve a loss of consciousness. Now, the truth is a very small percentage of concussions, 10% or less results in a loss of consciousness. What you're more likely to see is just some like confusion or balance problems, physical complaints of like headache, nausea, vomiting you're going to see maybe some slurred speech. So it doesn't have to include a loss of consciousness for it to be a concussion. Now, the third myth is that you can see or diagnose a concussion on an MRI or a CT scan. And the answer is no. Now, a CT scan or an MRI detect and look at the structure of the brain. But a concussion is a functional injury. So it actually changes how your brain is functioning, not necessarily what the brain looks like. So when somebody does a CT scan or an MRI, if a doctor orders that, they're not necessarily looking for a concussion. They're looking for something more significant, like a bleed or a fracture of the bone of the skull or actual structure damage to the brain that's visible. So the majority of people that I work with when I talk with them post their concussion, they'll usually say to me, they weren't able to find anything on CT scan or MRI. And it's often like they're apologizing, making it seem like they should have found something and I feel bad that they don't, but trust me, I'm having these symptoms still. And you know what? I'm like, yeah, most of the time, there's nothing that shows up on these scans and you still can have a concussion. Now, the fourth myth is if you have a concussion, all you need is rest this is a biggie because it's still what's often told by doctors and it's not completely a myth because rest is important in the short term but gone are the days when the medical recommendation of like absolute rest brain rest go in a dark room don't look at a screen don't read a book don't go outside sit in complete darkness until your symptoms go away these are not recommendations anymore What the research is finding is that these kind of recommendations actually can make people worse in the long run. Now, the best practice current recommendation from the most recent international consensus guidelines is symptom-limited activity within the first 24 to 48 hours. Basically, what that means, take it easy within the first 24 to 48 hours, monitoring your activity to make sure that it does not aggravate your symptoms. But you can continue to be as active as you want as long as your symptoms don't worsen. But you do want to get moving and stay active. Now, over the years, like I said, they've seen that not only is exercise beneficial for chronic concussion patients, but when performed as early as possible, Exercise can actually prevent chronic concussion symptoms from developing. That's why you want to get yourself to a specialist at a concussion clinic as they can help you monitor your exercise and help implement a plan for you. Now, the next myth we have is that concussion patients should be awakened every few hours so they don't lose consciousness. Now, I remember this one, and this one always confused me. People saying, don't let them sleep. Don't let them sleep. You got to keep waking them up. And it is true that it's important to monitor them early on, usually within the first two to four hours. But after that, they're allowed to rest and sleep. We actually want them to rest and sleep and you want them to try to maintain a regular sleep schedule. Now they may feel more tired and want to take some naps, but we want to make sure that they're getting good sleep during the night. So you don't want them sleeping all day long. Now, myth number six is helmets prevent concussions. So in my home, wearing a helmet is a non-negotiable. When my kids are biking, skateboarding, skiing, any activity like that, they have to wear a helmet. But it may surprise you to know that helmets do not necessarily prevent a concussion from occurring. What they do is they prevent skull fractures or a more serious injury like a bleed in the brain. So they're still important and you still want to make sure you protect yourself from this more serious injury, but they are not likely to prevent a concussion. Myth number seven is the symptoms of concussion begin immediately after the injury. Now, we've kind of already touched on this, but it's worth mentioning again. The symptoms of a concussion may start immediately after an injury. However, they can also appear the next day or even two or more days later. So you want to keep observing. It's very common for me when I am working with clients that they will say they've been in an accident since I work with people who have been in motor vehicle accidents They were fine at the scene, they went home, and it was only the next day that they started to feel off, that something was wrong, that they had a headache, or they just felt weird and went to see their doctor then. So it's not uncommon that the symptoms will only appear a little bit later. So that's why you want to keep observing. Myth number eight is all concussions are the same for everyone. And obviously, that's not true everyone is different. Just as different people respond to illnesses differently, the body will respond to concussions differently too. At the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center, they actually identified six different trajectories that concussions can take depending on the mechanism, the location of the injury, and the severity. And these include cognitive fatigue, a vestibular balance, ocular like more of a vision problem, post-traumatic migraines, cervical, and anxiety and mood challenges. And even among these trajectories, symptoms can overlap and present differently in different patients. So every brain does need to be rested after an injury. But any lingering symptoms related to balance or vision or headaches or depression can actually be addressed by a trained medical professional who specializes in concussion. So those are a few myths about concussion. Again, I really want to emphasize this is not a substitute for any kind of medical recommendations or intervention. It's always important to be checked out by a medical professional to rule out any more serious injury. However, it's also helpful for you to know the basics for yourself, what to look out for, and know that there are concussion clinics and specialists out there too that can help you get back on your feet. And certainly if after the seven to 10 days, you are still suffering from symptoms, then get yourself to a concussion expert because another myth is that there's no help for a concussion, but there is, there is active treatment that you can be getting involved in. You just need to find someone who is up to date, current with the research because it is changing all the time. And that research is key ongoing constant is such a big field right now to make sure that your concussion expert is keeping up to date. I hope you guys found that helpful. And next week, we'll talk a little bit more while we're still in the month of brain injury awareness. I think it's so important that we are taking care of all aspects of our brain and making sure that we're preventing concussions, that we're taking care of concussions is such an important thing. And I hope that you found it helpful. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Building Resilience Podcast. If you're interested in learning a little bit more about managing stress, building resilience, and leading a more purposeful life, then make sure we're connected on Instagram and Facebook at Leah Davidson Life Coaching.